0: This is The Guardian.
1: I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wadundjeri land, and this is The Full Story.
0: NAB has announced
2: a multi-billion dollar profit. The annual profit result from our second biggest bank, Westpac,
0: is stellar.
1: Last week, a day after the Reserve Bank raised interest rates again... Australia's major banks started announcing massive profits.
0: ANZ has recorded a $7.4 billion profit. NAB's annual profit, $7.7 billion. It follows Westpac's $7.2 billion profit.
1: While fast-rising interest rates and inflation are hitting many hard, the big banks have been able to make a windfall out of these tough times. And it's not just the banks that are doing well. Some older Australians are living large off shares and higher savings. So, what's going on in the Australian economy and how bad could it get? Today, the great divide in the cost of living crisis. It's Wednesday, the 15th of November. Jonathan, how are banks able to generate such strong returns when so many are struggling to pay their mortgages and rents?
2: The short answer is that the banks almost instantly pass on rate rises to borrowers.
1: Jonathan Barrett is a senior business reporter at Guardian Australia.
2: They're much harder on borrowers than they are generous with savers. And particularly during some of these earlier periods where there was a rate rise every month. Those increases were passed on to borrowers, but they weren't passed to savers at the same pace. Mm. And what the banks are able to do is use the money that they get from the deposits and then lend it out. So, any differential there, that adds to their profitability
1: ANZ says only 2,000 customers are reporting financial hardship and NAB puts this at 10,000, Westpac puts it at 13,000. So what do you make of that?
2: It, it doesn't sound like a large number of people doesn't. And taking Westpac, for example, so they say 13,000 are in hardship arrangements and it has 3 million mortgage customers. So they're talking about half a percentage point in terms of their customer base. So it doesn't seem like a lot. I think the devil is in the detail in these things. So firstly, often when banks talk about those in hardship, they're actually referring to a technical definition and they've entered into these hardship arrangements with people who can no longer meet their loan repayments. And there's a negotiation process, there might be a holiday or flexibility in terms of the repayments. Mm. But they are really people who've put up their hand, they've approached their lender and said, I just cannot manage. Now, of course, there is a portion of mortgage holders who are in this position, but there is a much greater portion of people who are just still meeting their contractual obligations Um, but only just, and now they've just been hit with a a 13th rate rise. And so maybe they've already depleted their savings buffer or they've done the calculations and they will deplete it within a few months. And that cohort is much, much bigger. So an example of that is ANZ's results. It recorded a record record. Profit And it had a really interesting line in its results, which showed that people holding $13 billion worth of loans had actually fallen behind on their repayments. And so they are not necessarily in hardship. They're not defaulting. They haven't lost their house. But why are they behind? And overwhelmingly, it will be because they're struggling to meet their monthly expenses. Mm. Now, how do you then get back on top of your mortgage if you're a month behind, two months behind, three months behind? And that figure has jumped up dramatically. So that's up about 36% over the past 12 months. So these people are not defaulting, but there's financial stress there.
1: Mm. ANZ Chief Executive Shane Elliott on Monday said that Australians were actually muddling through pretty well It does seem like there's this real disconnect between how the banks see people struggling and and what's actually happening here.
2: There is a disconnect there. The message we've had, not just from the banks, but a lot of major companies recently, is that people seem to be coping better than they had expected. The NAB boss is confident most people are coping.
3: So customers are trying to do the right thing and working to make sure that they're paying their bills.
2: And we haven't seen mass defaults and foreclosures and the like. We've seen some, but it hasn't been at extraordinary levels. So what do you do with that information? Well, one way you could say is that people are coping well. So they've tightened their budgets, they've found second jobs or third jobs, and they're getting through this and we'll be okay. Mm. And maybe that turns out to be correct, but there's also a different reading of this. And the reading of that would be that actually the seeds of distress have been sown and it's very widespread and we haven't actually seen that play out yet. Mm. And I actually don't think that's that surprising. I think I've said previously, like, humans are very creative. We'll find ways to get by, particularly if it's our house. People will do extraordinary things to try and keep a hold of it. And there's no other better option, even if you sell your house, then you need to get into an expensive rental. Like, people would be doing a lot at the moment who are under financial stress to keep meeting their repayments. And I've used the word seeds of distress for a reason in that they've been planted. They're there now. And for a lot of people that who are falling behind month on month, eating into their savings... It's hard to see how you get out of that without like just drastic measures taking on several jobs that's going to affect social cohesion and families. I think we, we can do things to dampen the impacts, but there's certainly some pain ahead.
1: We've talked a bit about the stress being caused by multiple interest rate rises. Apart from the bank's... Are there any other winners here?
2: For those with debt, uh, interest rate rises are generally tough. The repayments increase and the strain on a household uh, rises. But what the figures show, of course, is that some people are benefiting through this period. They don't have debt. They're getting increased amounts of saving and they're ready to spend. So if you are in a position to have a lot of shares, and if you're in a position where you either have no mortgage or perhaps it's been largely paid off, then this is money that is coming into your account that can be spent. Now, there was a report by the Commonwealth Bank earlier this year, and it looked at transactions and how money was being spent by different age cohorts. Hmm. And it showed that while those under 55 were really tightening their spend, uh, those over 55 were, well, in the words of one economist, were, were living large. And actually the older brackets, over 70, over 75, were really increasing their spend. And this is why we are all experiencing this period in a different manner. And that's where there is a, a great divide occurring.
1: Mm. All of the big four banks have passed on the latest interest rate rise. How are they justifying doing that at this stage, given how well they're doing at the moment?
2: The banks have been increasing their rates, but the pace of interest rate rises from from the Reserve Bank has actually slowed. So you can actually see this in terms of the profitability or the bank margins from their mortgage books. Is there are not technically as profitable now as they were at the start of this process. Mm. So what's actually happening, there is now pressure uh, among analysts and investors and fund managers and the like for banks to keep increasing their margins or get back to a period of increasing their profit margins. And so the banks aren't necessarily feeling that rich at the moment. Mm
1: -hmm. So just to clarify, the justification is we are not going to be doing so well in the future, so we need to lock in these profits now while the going is good. Is that right?
2: Jane, there's always dark <laughs> clouds on the horizon <laughs> in the baking sector. We do this a little while. There always There's complaints that the competition is fierce and their margins are going to be suppressed and it's a difficult period ahead. And hardly ever actually heard them say things are... Things are going fine. (laughs) Things are going fine. So we're back into that period of there's a storm on the horizon and we need to be very careful with our pricing and we don't want to be too generous with the types of rates that we're offering customers. That said, in the bank's defence, you have seen some of that profitability escape in recent months, but that was to be expected because the windfall was really late last year and early this year. Now, they're just gone to being just very profitable.
1: Right. Just just normal, just ordinary profitable, just, not crazy just normal, profitable. Just
2: just a lazy 7 or $8 billion <laughs> annual profit here or there.
1: It may be the bank's justification for it, but it probably doesn't pass the pub test, does it?
2: Some of the profits being derived from the bank certainly won't sit well with people who are grappling under such onerous repayments. The Australian banks do argue they need to be profitable, that we know how wrong things go if there are banking collapses and if we don't have a a steady financial system. So look, there is some very different (laughs) <laughs> mentalities going on from how a banker might see the profits being derived from their business and how one of their customers sees it and when it comes to the banking sector they are competing against one another so they're not necessarily looking at their profits and saying wow well, we've, we've done really well it's like how are we going against our next major rival
1: You've reported that Westpac has recently made so much money that it's actually giving money to its shareholders by buying back their shares. What is the thinking behind this kind of strategy?
2: Share buybacks are a strategy used by companies when they essentially have excess money. So they have money that they don't need, at least in the foreseeable future. And so what they do is they reward shareholders by offering usually a a premium and to actually buy some of their shares back from them. Now even those shareholders who decide not to participate in it, they benefit or tend to benefit as well because the overall share price invariably rises. and so it, it's it's kind of like a a reward for shareholders after a profitable period.
1: Next, is it time for banks to become more competitive? Hey, Laura Murphy Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash
3: support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks.
0: Plus, every single Borough order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at borough.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at borough.com slash ACAST.
1: One of the big criticisms of Australian banks is there just aren't enough of them. Uh, Why do you think there isn't more competition in the banking sector in Australia?
2: It's an interesting question, and having spent so much time in supermarkets in recent months, suddenly four major banks looks pretty competitive (laughs) compared to two major supermarkets. Um, But that said, of course, uh, we would like more than four. There are a few reasons why it's been hard to increase competition in Australia. There's obviously a very high hurdle to get over, in terms of uh, funding, even name recognition to get into the Australian market and kind of create a bit of a, a stir. Mm-hmm. Uh, the banks, the four banks are very established players here. Uh, that said, we have a group like Macquarie, which is kind of coming in on the side as as a pretty significant lender to mortgage holders as well. But generally in Australia, it's a very tight market for very established players and it's been difficult even for some of the overseas names to come in and really upset the apple cart.
1: I mean, we're seeing the cost of living crisis really starting to cut into political polls now as well. So do you think that there's appetite for further competition reform in some of these sectors that have had such success with windfall profits at this really difficult time for consumers?
2: I think the appetite for reform is growing and especially among the voting community. I mean, we've been grappling with these heightened costs for a long while now and they're not going down.
3: Mm.
2: I really sense a, a feel among the community of we want to go back to the way it was and unfortunately that's not happening. Maybe the rate of growth will slow a little bit, but these very high prices are somewhat locked in to the economy now, whether you're talking about airfares or supermarket pricing for their goods uh, or for some of the extra and heightened repayments that people were making on loans. A lot of this was locked in, well, up to 12 months ago now. And so it's almost impossible to unwind. So there's a real question on the policy front of what can be done now.
1: So Jonathan, if competition reform in the banking sector isn't on the near horizon and banks don't seem to be trying to become more competitive on their own, what can consumers do to try to find some relief?
2: It might not seem that in Australia there is great competition among the banks, but there is still some competition. And the banks have started to report, well, less profitability from their mortgage books, at least at a lower rate than they were earlier in the year. And this is actually good news for consumers. It means some lenders are offering more competitive rates. Um, One broker I spoke to said that on average, the broker's customers were saving 66 basis points when they renegotiated a loan or refinance with a different lender. Now, that's that's like rewinding two and a half interest rate rises. Mm. So, it it can be quite significant. Now, of course, the banks are unwilling to call you up and offer you a better deal, but they still want to keep their mortgage customers and or grab new ones. And there's actually probably more extreme pricing at the moment between the best and the worst loans and so as most financial counsellors in this space will tell you there is generally an opportunity for people to get a better rate so don't let your lender off the hook
1: That was Jonathan Barrett. He's a senior business reporter for Guardian Australia. You can find all of his reporting on the major bank's recent results at theguardian.com and read his latest piece on how homeowners can get a better deal. It's called Call Their Bluff. Shopping around on home loans can save money, even with high interest rates. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. Don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Story wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also leave us a review. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime Checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. Or Stripe Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.